You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. I want a car. Chicks dig the car. This is why Superman works alone. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And welcome to a very special episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies that you watched growing up as a child, the ones you're nostalgic about, the ones that you have love for, and we watch them objectively. We let you know, are these movies any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week, we watched 1997 sci-fi action-adventure superhero travesty, (laughs) Batman and Robin. And, uh, Brandon, when I say this is a very special episode, it is because... This is somehow after three years of this podcast, it took us three <laughs> years. We should have gotten it like <laughs> last year, but it it took us three years. This is episode 100 of Nostalgia Be Damned. Congratulations, Brandon. Dude, that is crazy. A centennial. I can't believe it. <laughs> I just <laughs> genuinely did not think we were going to get this far. And now that we're here... This is probably prime time to tell everyone... We're putting this podcast on ice. That's dead. <laughs> what a gift to our listeners if that was really the case, can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, the... Another bold decision from the guys at Nostalgia Beat. Well, they got really far and quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you everyone for joining us for our 100th episode. It truly means a lot to us that you guys continue to tune in week after week. We have grown slowly but surely over the last three years in numbers. You know, we're still a tiny little blip in the podcast world, but we appreciate you guys to no end for enabling us to chodes to continue to talk about absolute nonsense for an hour every week. <laughs> and we've got a lot of listeners all over the place. Um, it's truly baffling. I, obviously, we got some, you know, f- hometown people who listen up, a lot of our mutual friends, but we also got listeners all over the world. Yeah. A, a lot of Australian listeners, especially thanks to the Throw Me guys, um, who are great friends of the show, people in places I've never been before. So this has been a lot of fun. Hey, man. Let's do it. And again, I know we get we got a lot to talk about with this movie because fucking Batman and Robin. We picked the doozy for an episode number 100, one of the most notorious films maybe ever. But before we start, Brandon, I have to get this out of the fucking way right now um, because Spencer, who is a friend of the show, he was on our uh, Deep Blue Sea episode, and he's also the guy you hear at the top of the show welcoming you to the podcast, uh, sent us these fucking packages. Um <laughs> And said, no, Don't. Zach, I accidentally ruined my own yeah. surprise because I did not get any instructions as to not open said package. I just got it and was like, oh, maybe this is like a weird late birthday present. That seems kind of weird, but what, whatever. OK. And then was sorely disappointed when I realized, oh, fuck, this would have made a great reveal on the 100th episode. So Spencer left specific instructions to open this during the recording of the 100th episode. I have cut the tape so as to not fumble around with it too much well on air and you'll probably still have to do some editing branded but you've opened yours i'm i've been sitting on this for a fucking week i need to open it right now and see <laughs> dude, what it is dude i really want you to wait the hour i want us what, to are bait you the audience fucking now kidding so me? They have to stay and <laughs> yes dude please you're such a piece please, of let's shit open it at the end of the episode you're such a piece you heard it you here folks s- just wait until the end of you're this such a piece of shit dude i've like i've been staring at it all day i'm like i want to know what's in this fucking you've been waiting days yeah dude what's one more hour <laughs> and you know what spencer uh just so you know right now if this disappoints because i've been waiting for so long 
we're cutting your we're cutting your subscription to the show. You can't listen to the show anymore. And we're finding a new person. Or we'll charge him ninety nine cents. For yeah, and and on. we're getting a new logo because Spencer also designed the logo for Nostalgia Be Damned. Because again, we're two fucking idiots. Yeah, because we're idiots who can't figure out fucking any of that shit. Photoshop or any of that nonsense. Yeah, thanks, Spencer. And we asked him to introduce the show, so. Uh, this better not be a fuck up, Spencer. This is going to be a weird fucking <laughs> moving forward. Oh my gosh. But yeah, thank you again. We'll find out about the package at the end of the episode, but it's business as usual here on the show. Uh, so before we begin, Zach, what was your thoughts or history, I guess, with Batman and Robin? Because we've actually revisited this film fairly recently together. Together. And uh, I was really looking forward to talking about that specific moment because we played a drinking game, if I remember, that we had to drink every time we heard an ice or cold pun. Honestly, if you're not trying to get too drunk, I would recommend uh, <laughs> drinking every time Arnold Schwarzenegger has a line and doesn't make an ice pun. Yeah, I was going to say, or maybe every other ice pun because who did we underestimate how hard Arnold was really going in this one? <laughs> Yeah, so my history with this movie, uh, Brandon, actually loved it. I was a huge Batman fan growing up. It meant a lot to me. I really liked the Batman movies. I liked the Batman show. This was the only Batman movie I actually owned on VHS. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, as a kid, fucking A, man. You know, it was Mr. Freeze. It was Batman. It was Poison Ivy. Like, I was totally into this. And then I grew up. <laughs> and it's... You know, and I learned a little bit more about story and plot and writing and um, dialogue and just, you know, movie making in general. And uh, my opinion has obviously swiftly changed. Watched it with you, uh, inebriated, if I remember correctly, and had a ton of fun doing that. Um, not happy that I got to watch it today sober. Because, man, it's I'm not going to tip my hand, Brandon, but it's its a different experience when you're watching it sober. Oh, gosh, yes, it is, my friend. Ooh. Pumpkinhead back in season. Oh, buddy. nice. I'm drinking, um, this is water with a little bit of orange uh, mix in it. Oh, like flavored to, water? Yeah, like flavored water. I'm trying to lose, lose a little bit more weight. But Fine, dude. I wanna, Fuck you, man. Yeah, grow up. It's our 100th episode, man. Jesus. My history is kind of similar with yours, except for the fact that I didn't love this as much as a kid. I was much, I preferred the Batman Forever. I had Batman Forever and the original Tim Burton Batman on VHS. Didn't own this one. Caught it a couple times on TV. Again, my dad was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. We were huge Batman fans. So this, I remember, didn't quite meet my expectations as a kid. However, this was one that I revisited, you know, in my later teen years and as an adult, kind of as a so bad it's good movie. But now watching it, you know, critically actually analyzing it as a movie, we'll see if it is so bad it's good or maybe it's really just fucking good, Zach. Huh? Huh? Uh, well, you know what? I feel like we're not tipping our hand when we say it's probably not really good. Um, <laughs> no, no, we're not. I mean, it is directed by the late Joel Schumacher, who passed away this year, sadly, back in June. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, what a way to celebrate our 100th episode by absolutely trashing a film from a, a respected from a man who died <laughs> yeah. very yeah a respected person in the filmmaking industry who died very very sadly so let's um celebrate our shitty little podcast by absolutely shitting on him 
I love the man, you know. He, he is one of the more prolific directors of his generation. Not our first Schumacher film, as he, of course, did direct Batman Forever, which was episode six, released in August of 2017, three years ago to the month. Dude. Wow. <laughs> he also directed The Incredible Shrinking Woman, DC Cab, St. Elmo's Fire, The Lost Boys, Cousins, Flatliners, Dying Young, Falling Down, The Client, A Time to Kill, 8mm, Flawless, Tigerland, Bad Company, Phone Booth, Veronica Guerin, The Phantom of the Opera, The Number 23, Blood Creek 12, and Trespass. Now, the last thing he directed was two episodes of House of Cards back in uh, 2013. Ooh, do like House of Cards, but we don't talk about that anymore. Yeah, House of what? No. No. Batman and Robin has a 3.7 on IMDb, earning the distinction of, at the time of recording, ranking number 71 on the list of the bottom-rated films in the history of cinema, comfortably seated between Dragon Wars D-War and Jaws 3D. Dragon Wars D-War got a fucking... Wow. That sucks, (laughs) man. That was my favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, Batman and Robin has an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. It cost $125 million to make. It earned $107 million in the States and $238 million worldwide. It finished 12th that year on the U.S. box office charts, just behind Face Off and ahead of George of the Jungle. Ooh, George of the Jungle. Stay tuned. <sighs> For sure. Maybe Face Off, too. Honestly, love that movie. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> It's the fourth and final installment of Warner Brothers' initial Batman film series, a sequel to Batman Forever, and the only film in the series made without the involvement of Tim Burton. It's also the lowest-grossing live-action Batman film to date, and due to the film's poor reception, Warner Brothers canceled a sequel, Batman Unchained, and rebooted the film series with Batman Begins in 2005. Dude, I really wish Christopher Nolan had made a Mr. Freeze movie. Just wait, Tenet hasn't quite released That's yet. true, Tenet could be about fucking Batman. <laughs> uh, and I, this is a movie that I implore anyone who wants to just learn more about the backstory, because we're not going to get into this. We, I actually listened to our Batman Forever episode, because I was curious if we got into a lot of the, you know, the history of Joel Schumacher's Batman films. And we kind of do, so if you want a little more history on that, you can check out that. But suffice it to say, just so much behind-the-scenes nonsense that went into this movie. First and foremost, just basically the tone and how they settled on it. Schumacher, of course, blamed studio pressure to make the film more, quote, toyetic, following the massive success of Batman Forever. Didn't matter how much the film earned at the box office, it just had to sell toys. Okay. Val Kilmer did not return as Batman, of course. We now have George Clooney. He claims it was due to the first, the fast-track production, which interfered with prior commitments on The Saint. Schumacher has been on record saying that the first experience with Kilmer was not so good, so they kind of fired him. He also kind of quit. (laughs) Either way, William Baldwin was actually the original choice. Jesus. Billy Baldwin. (laughs) Could you imagine? He would also go on record to apologize for the film believing he had killed the franchise. George Clooney and Joel Schumacher both believe this. George Clooney, it's actually kind of a a rumor around Hollywood that if you meet him in person and you ask for a refund, he will give you cash for seeing this movie. (laughs) Really? Dude, I, you know, it's funny because my first note is that um, Clooney does not give a fuck about this movie. Oh my God, dude. He, like, we talk, we make jokes about that, like, oh, just here for a paycheck. I mean, dude, it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen from like an A-list top build celebrity. It's rough shit. Yeah, it is. You can tell he does not not want to be there. Thankfully, Chris O'Donnell did return as Robin. Yeah, thankfully. We've also got <laughs> I think the only other people are uh, you know, Michael Goff for Go who plays Alfred Pennyworth. 
of course, in all four films, actually, as well as Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon, but everyone else pretty much brand new characters. Yep. And despite Clooney calling this movie a complete waste of money, he also called it the biggest break he ever had, because this is what kind of skyrocketed him to the top of the Hollywood A-charts, really, because before this he had, you know, a few movies from Dust Till Dawn and mostly famous for ER, but this was really his big break. Now, besides Ed Harris and Patrick Stewart, Anthony Hopkins was one of Joel Schumacher's other choices for Mr. Freeze. Of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger got the coveted role and his name above the title before George Clooney, so <laughs> quite the uh, dick-swinging power, if you ask me. Jesus. Yeah. After filming was completed, however, Arnold Schwarzenegger had heart surgery. This is why studios were anxious about insuring him in an action movie, and he didn't really get work again until end of days a couple of years later. Most of the scenes with Batgirl were cut. This is sadly because I guess Alicia Silverstone had gained a few pounds during production, and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. However, when the press discovered the news, they were fucking awful, and they slammed her weight and mocked the actress for being, quote, too fat to fit her costume. It was a pretty fucking terrible ordeal and oh, of course she i've seen her come back in a few roles uh recently and it's good to see her back because i actually watched clueless for the very first time this week what, the first or, or time? last week rather yeah the very first You've time you've never, never seen, seen clueless it. no i had never seen it it was really good i truly enjoyed it yeah like dude i love role. clueless yeah clueless is a great movie yeah and that's bullshit because honestly she looks great in this movie i think she does absolutely yeah yeah again fuck hollywood man just the worst and i mean despite the bevy of razzie nominations Alicia Silverstone was the only one from the production to actually win a Razzie Award for Worst Supporting Actress. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Bruce, it's me, Barbara. <laughs> Alfred's dying. <laughs> now, according to John Glover, who played the Dr. Jason Woodrow, quote, jo Joel Schumacher would sit on a crane with a megaphone and yell before each take, Remember, everyone, this is a cartoon. <laughs> so it was hard to act because that kind of set the tone for the film. <laughs> I just love that. I do, too, because yeah, you know what? I'll get into it when we start. And uh, lastly, every Batman film up to this point had a very successful soundtrack as well as at least one Academy Award nomination. This one has neither. <laughs> However, <laughs> The End is the Beginning is the End by Smashing Pumpkins, which plays over the end credits, did win a Grammy Award for Best Hard Rock Performance. Okay. They also reused that sa that song for Watchmen. It's like a slowed down version, but I recognize the lyrics in the the soundtrack. Also had REM, Goo Goo Dolls, and sadly, R. Kelly. <sighs> 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 Batman and Robin was rated PG thirteen for strong stylized action and some innuendos. <laughs> oh, one or two. Oh yeah. my god! It should be like pun crimes too. Because yeah. good lord. And yeah, that might be a good drinking game for you folks at home. Maybe take a shot every time you hear us say an ice pun. Because honestly, they'll probably be quite a bit. I actually had the best ice pun to tell you, Zach. Problem is, it slipped my mind. Ah, uh, yeah, ice, because you slip on ice. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so what you guys need to do is go out, grab yourself a, a Smirnoff ice, and just chill out. <laughs> yeah, dude, take a chill pill, all right? And how you going to afford that chill pill? Your slush fund. <laughs> fucking kill me now 100 yeah. episodes 
speaking of kill me now, the start of this movie, if I mean, you immediately know this is not going to be good when just the barrage of excessive title effects. It's the Warner Brothers logo. It turns to ice and then the Batman logo shatters that. And then it's like, oh, fuck, man, because the names come in. One of the things that and we might as well just get it off the bat because you kind of see it right away. When we, <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. Off the bat. <laughs> you need to chill. Talk about a cold shoulder. <laughs> We're going to put this episode on ice. <laughs> Just fucking kill me now, dude. Come. <laughs> Moving on. From the first shot, this movie, I, I will say this, out of all the Batman movies and a lot of modern day comic book movies, this movie feels the most like I am staring at a comic book. You know what I mean? Just the colors, the scenery, even like a lot of... The dialogue. The dialogue's horrible, but some of it is just like, you know, when they're monologuing to each other, it's like, ah, oh, damn it, you know, I probably would have read this in like a 1960s shitty Batman comic, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a straight, like, comic book frame adaptation, as if, like, whatever there was said in the speech bubbles back in the 1960s comic book for Batman is up on the screen, for sure. It's It's a faithful adaptation in that sense, it's just woefully <laughs> incoherent and my god just it's so much so soon you know immediately you're in yeah. the schumacher universe we got badass and nipples shark fins on their forearms fucking bouncing ass cheeks and leather garb every sound Ugh. effect is aggressive and, and intense oh yeah the cod pieces everywhere bat nips of course of course yeah absolutely again they're going to be kind of sculpted after the greek gods so you best believe they've got abs and bat nips and George Clooney's first shot as Batman, he looks so uncomfortable to be in this suit. <laughs> just miserable to be there. You just you just can tell like from the very first shot that Clooney is not too pumped to be here. <laughs> and the first lines, Robin's like, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. <laughs> this is why Superman works alone. Because you um went back and re-listened to that episode brandon was i nice to chris o'donnell in the last pod no honestly i'm surprised we didn't get a cease and desist letter from his lawyers my friend yeah it was bad news bears. oh well i got some more bad news bears for him (laughs) because chris o'donnell is fucking grating in this movie dude he's awful from the very first line it's both of them it's their interactions with each other they're both like just negging each other the whole movie and and i get that a lot of it the whole point of their relationship in this movie is that they're supposed to be at odds with each other i don't know why but they are but like even then like you have to have some good chemistry if you're gonna have like people arguing back and forth in a movie their chemistry between each other is crap dude they can't do scenes with each other it's just so bad it's like they're talking to pieces of cardboard yeah it is a step down i think from the val kilmer chris o'donnell interaction which we were also confused about listening to that episode about how he was like a 25 year old orphan or something i don't know what's going on but yeah (laughs) either way he's still sort of at that arrested development phase of i don't want to be a kid anymore you know treat me like an adult yeah but you are you're like 30 right (laughs) how how old are you yeah then uh, then we have alfred speaking of characters who have uh diminished over the sequels here i mean he's just so old this actor and they give him this entire subplot about him not being healthy and him dying and him also maybe wasting his life as a servant. I don't know why they <laughs> felt like the fourth Batman was supposed to be like, well, Alfred's got to come come to grips with mortality. <laughs> yeah, it's Alfred's movie. They're going to hand him the reins. It's so weird. But I'll cancel the pizzas. <laughs> 
His face gets all sad and unhealthy. I'll cancel the pieces. I was gonna say like the it's the worst thing ever that like they drive away. I'll cancel the pizzas, and then he like very visibly makes like I'm dying face. <laughs> I did notice that about this movie, the editing in particular. There's so many shots that just linger on the actors' expressions far too long. I mean, like, two or three long seconds of just, like, later than it should have cut, where we're just staring at an actor's face, sort of just kind of waiting for the movie to go along. Yeah. Like, next scene, please. We are also introduced to our villain, or one of them, Mr. Freeze, who speaks exclusively in ice puns. And his backstory, man, sure is baffling. He's trying to steal a diamond from a natural history museum of all places, okay? And he's got some ice goons on skates because I guess at this point he's frozen everything. It's just a giant ice rink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started writing a few of these down. Iceman cometh. I'm afraid my condition has made me cold to your pleas of mercy. Oh, okay, all right, I'm following you still. In this universe, there's only one absolute. It freezes. Yeah. Okay, that's not that one's not really a pun, but all, but all right. And then, you know, you're not sending me to the Kula. These are all within. These are all his first. Those are the first four lines before he said anything other. That, I mean, anything that's not a pun. Then he said, like, get him, guys, or something. Yeah. And then I stopped writing it down. But those are his first fucking lines. All of them. It's crazy. Dude, he, like, I just don't know what they were thinking, man. Like, what you see. And it's so tough to go to the Nolan films after this movie. Because the characters and the villains are complex and they have these great dialogues with each other. And, you know, they're it's like watching real people. And, like, this is just, like, why is this guy, like, so obsessed with being cold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, he can't come up with another machine designed to keep him alive. It has to run on diamonds? <laughs> yeah, it has to run on, like, the hope diamond that... <laughs> Why? Okay. I don't yeah, get sure, it. sure, man. I don't, God, I yeah, don't so get it. I'm not going to go through every one of these ice puns, but I will chime in with some of my favorites, such as, what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. The Ice Age. Oh, man. <clears throat> but yeah, these action sequences, they're so manic and quickly cut, and it's canted angles, and everything's fucking neon colored, so it's like candy colored crazy, and I can't keep track of a lot of it. I don't even know what's happening sometimes. Ugh, it's a lot. It's a lot to digest. Yeah. And I guess as a kid, which I feel like this movie is supposed to be geared toward, however, the PG-13 rating lends me to also wonder, maybe they are going after that, like, teenage audience, maybe the more adult crowd, too. But so much of this is is kid-centered that it feels weird when these actions, I don't, I just don't know who they're going for. Who who is this for? Well, so I, I would like to believe that Joel Schumacher legitimately went out to make a kid's movie. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted kids to come into this movie and enjoy themselves and just think that they were watching Batman, which is great. But I also think Joel Schumacher had a lot of ideas and style decisions that he just couldn't shake when he was making this movie. And of course that I'm talking about like the BDSM of this movie, you know what? It's so much leather and and sex and yeah. And I, I truly just believe, like, that's something he just couldn't turn off. Like, it just must have made sense to him. You know what I mean? It's just a strange clashing of tones. <laughs> it is. It's it's weird decision-making, and I, I, I truly wish he had had a co-director, because what this film needs is for someone to step in and say, hold on, let's rethink this. 
Because eventually there's a fucking rocket involved and Freeze gets away, freezes Batman inside, Robin catches a ride on the outside, his like CGI body does anyway. By the way, every time they it's CGI full Batman and Robin, oh my god, is it bad. Dude, uh, and because it's the fucking 90s, they're escaping this rocket. And by the way, more ice puns in this rocket and talking <laughs> it, like it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Um, but after Batman and Robin escape from the rocket, they go off of these hatch doors. And because it's the nineties, they have to ride them like fucking snowboards, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're like fucking surfing in the air. Point break style. Only it's garbage. <laughs> Freeze jumps out of the airplane with like, or the rocket rather with uh, fucking diamond studded metal moth wings. Like, what? What is happening? Yeah, I don't. Oh I'm my God. So confused, man. <laughs> but they catch up with him. He gives Batman the ultimatum after he freezes Robin. You know, do you come get me or do you let your partner die? I'll kill you next time. Why, dude? Just kill him now. End him right now. Ice to meet you. Yep. Classic. Classic. (sighs) This frozen Robin puppet. (laughs) He drops him in that, like, water and then heats him up with his stupid little laser ray gun type thing. Dude, that puppet will haunt my fucking dreams. It's just a lifeless, dead-eyed Chris O'Donnell mannequin. So creepy. <laughs> yeah, Batman unthaws him, and he's so pissed off that, you know, Robin's even a guy a guy who's alive that he's got to constantly keep track of. And again, it's less like he's his partner and more like he's his kid. We cut to some sort of jungle laboratory. There's vines growing everywhere. Apparently, this is Wayne Enterprises Lab in Brazil. We're introduced to Uma Thurman, who plays botanist Dr. Pamela Isley, who's working under the deranged Dr. Jason Woodrow, who's experimenting with a drug named Venom. Venom, 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 Venom. I can say this, had a huge crush on Uma Thurman when I was a kid. She is beautiful in this role. And And she and Arnold, I will say her and Arnold, they're having fun. They're going fucking full tilt with this and they know exactly like how broad to make this comic book. It's then weirdly juxtaposed when George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell, and they're all talking fucking monotone because they don't want to be in the same movie as these other guys. Yep. So again, I think if maybe they had just all of them done the same thing or, or rose to the occasion, I guess, similar to how, you know, Tommy Lee Jones' last movie was out Jim Carreying Jim Carrey. Yeah. They all have to be on the same page or you need to tone everything down. Yeah, exa- totally agree. And Uma Thurman... I mean, it it is crazy because I would have thought out of everybody to be pissed off in this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I would have thought would have been the one to be like, why am I here? What am I doing? Sure. He looks like he's legitimately enjoying himself in this movie, as does Uma Thurman. Yeah. Uma Thurman looks like she just is like totally into this role. And she does, yeah, a good job. She doesn't have good lines. I think oh, that's no. the downfall of this character is that... and every character in this movie is that the dialogue in this movie is fucking awful. It's just, I don't know if there's a single good line in this movie to be perfectly honest with everybody. Like I, I'm trying to think back on it and I just don't think I can remember a single line that was believable or natural or delivered correctly. It's just, (laughs) it's not great. Um, so big, big props to the villains of this movie for doing what they can. Yeah. They're both having just fun chewing scenery, I think. Yeah. But the doctor, he's got this super soldier serum. So he pumps it, some steroids and toxins into this death row inmate, serial murderer, Antonio Diego, who will eventually become 
Bane. Uh, I mean, for every complaint people had back in the day, I don't know how you can look at this movie. <laughs> it's, I was wondering what would break first, your spirit or your body? Or your body. Clearly your body, I guess, because this guy's, it's this tiny little skinny guy who's then transformed into the hulking Bane pro wrestler, Jeep Swenson Jr., who sadly passed away before the movie premiered. Oh, that is sad. Yeah. That. Sadly, he's not given much to do in this movie, but grunt and uh, kind of walk around. Because, again, I guess they have to make Bane out to be sort of an imbecile in this as well. He's just kind of a mind-control puppet type deal for Poison Ivy throughout the film. So for everyone who was kind of pissed off about the whole twist ending with, uh, <laughs> what is it, Talia. Yeah, I wasn't uh, that pissed off <laughs> about that movie, to be perfectly honest. Better than that? Better movie? Yeah, oh, better movie. <laughs> Rather be watching this movie. Yeah, cause, uh, and it's only about 20 minutes longer than this one. This is fucking two hours and five minutes. I did not <sighs> want that, man. If this, again, movie had been 88 minutes, I think people would be a lot kinder to it. Um, yeah, man. It is it is like, I, we're like at this point, we're maybe, what, 10, 15 minutes into this movie, and I already feel like it's a little too long. When Isley threatens to expose Woodrow's experiments because she wants to use science for good, he attempts to kill her by overturning this shelf of various toxins we're then told more about our other villains backstory because bruce and dick are reviewing some video footage of dr victor freeze however his last name spelled f-r-i-e-s fries freeze okay okay (laughs) so he's a doctor working to develop a cure for mcgregor syndrome to heal his terminally ill wife and after a lab accident Freeze was rendered unable to live at normal temperatures and forced to wear a cryogenic suit powered by diamonds in order to survive. Obvious. Yeah, of course. Everybody knows that cryogenic suits are powered by fucking diamonds. We also know that McGregor's syndrome is catching in Gotham because he's not the only character. She's not the only character who has it. And thankfully, I had to look it up. It is a fake illness. <laughs> it does not exist. Oh, thank God. Can you imagine if they use like Lou Gehrig's disease or some oh, other? Like, Good lord! I'm thankful they didn't. Bullet dodged. Dick blows up all over Bruce because he is sick of being called a kid. He wants to be considered equal, and this again, this argument will continue throughout the film. Bruce is still completely oblivious to the fact his most trusted companion Alfred is dying before his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, the fact that he's just like so oblivious to this guy's condition is again speaks volumes to this this Bruce Wayne. This guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah. So despite Woodrow's efforts, though, is Isley is resurrected. She's transformed into the beautiful and seductive Poison Ivy. Before exacting her revenge, her blood's been replaced with aloe, her skin with chlorophyll, and her lips are filled with venom. Ooh, venom. And she kills him with a poisonous kiss. That's how she kills all of her victims in this movie. And her plan basically is because she believes it's time for the plants to take back the earth. So sure, that's what she wants. And it seems from the get go that that would be immediately at odds with Mr. Freeze's plans of freezing the earth, (laughs) freezing the earth. Yeah. So, again, the fact that these guys team up is baffling. Are you (laughs) calling out the plot of this movie, Brandon? How dare you? (laughs) Whoa, no, I'm not doing anything. All right, right don't, easy. don't point your guns, okay. Sorry, chill, yeah, yeah chill, chill. chill. Uh, so she sets fire to the lab, leaving it to burn down while she escapes with Bane. Cut to <laughs> Mr. Freeze watching one of those Rankin-Bass Christmas specials. He's, like, forcing his goons to sing along. It's fucking weird, man. They're eating ice. <laughs> and this is what drives me fucking crazy about this character. Just absolutely fucking bonkers. And again... Uh, it, this is where we get it gets tough because obviously 
this is where he's like trying to create a comic book cartoon character. He's trying to find that that medium between the extremely campy Adam West Batman and like the modern day movies, I I feel like. Well, yeah, he's definitely I think trying to get the Jack Nicholson Joker sweet spot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but missing. It, yeah, um but just like why is this character like forcing people to like watch Christmas specials and eat, <laughs> and eat snow cones and fucking freeze their ass off. Like, can't he just like be cold? Like we get it. You have to be cold. Like just go be cold. Like you don't have to fucking make a big deal about it. Just go be cold. I don't care. Yeah. It shouldn't ruin my day as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we also have Vivica A. Fox for a hot second. And I mean, literally I think one scene as Miss B Haven. <laughs> Mr. Freeze's sexy assistant who flirts with him, but he's unresponsive because he's still in love with his wife. Ooh, talk about your cold shoulder. Uh, Drink. Mr. Freeze, simple objective. He just needs to steal diamonds for his suit, but he also needs billions to fund his research for a cure for his wife, who's currently suspended in some sort of cryo water stasis. Okay. Meanwhile... Alfred Pennyworth's niece, Barbara Wilson, makes a surprise visit and is invited by Bruce Wayne to stay at Wayne Manor until she goes back to school. And Dick is hard. Super smitten. Oh, Dick's so hard. Dick is hard as ice. And you know what? Yeah, he could cut glass, but he does not get anywhere with Barbara. In fact, he's she kind of cucks him this whole movie. <laughs> totally. 100%. <laughs> At every turn, it's it's her, it's her or it's uh, Poison Ivy doing this. But suffice it to say, he's a fucking incel. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Robin is most definitely an incel in this universe. <sighs> that night, Alfred and Barbara share some goodnight kisses. And she suddenly starts sprinting down the hallway and changing into some leather racing outfit and escapes out the window, like the third story window. Steals a bike and sets off. That's kind of weird. I hope we find out what that's all about. But... Wayne Enterprises presents a new telescope for Gotham Observatory at some sort of press conference. We meet Elle McPherson as Julie Madison. This is Bruce's girlfriend. Uh, She's, what a throwaway character, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I've never cared about Bruce Wayne less in any Batman movie than this one. I mean, he's got nothing to offer. And I'm glad that we're not doing the whole, like, Batman origin story and that kind of bullshit. But like he's got nothing to do in this movie except like stare at this glorified extra (laughs) for like a couple of scenes. It's fucking brutal, man. Like it's so boring. He is a real non character, Uh, but I mean, it is kind of par for the course for this, especially, especially Schumacher's series of films where the female character is just given absolutely nothing similar to Dr. Chase Meridian from Batman forever. Just nothing to do. Sadly. He's interrupted by Isley. She proposes a project that could help save the environment, removing all toxins. But Bruce takes one look at her little pamphlet and declines the offer because we couldn't preserve food and there's no diesel fuel, which would kill millions of people, you dumb bitch. That's basically what he says uh, in lesser words. Then she was a lunatic. Today, dude, this this lady's everywhere. She votes for Bernie. She She's composts all day, er day. Oh, yeah, like that's, I mean... She's all over Twitter. She's got at least a million followers on Twitter. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, she's not some sort of weird eco-terrorist. She just wants the world to be a better place. And this asshole's like, no, I can't money make money off diesel fuel. Fuck you. And in 97, we were all like, oh, Batman, what a hero. 
<laughs> anyway, so Freeze, he needs just one more diamond, I guess. And he notices that on the newspaper, the clipping says that Bruce Wayne donates diamonds to Ball. And he's like staring at it and he's like, oh, very nice. Like he overpronounces the ice in nice. Like that's a stretch for Snicker, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> wow. Uh, that night, it's a charity event, the Rainforest Gala. It's held by Wayne Enterprises with special guests, Batman and Robin. Everyone super excited to be there, even more so when Poison Ivy arrives. In fact, everyone's about to bust at this event, man. She strips out of this gorilla suit and there's some pink vapor toxins filling the air. Robin, once again, sex-starved from the audience, watching like some sort of incel in disguise. Sequel to Master of Disguise, by the way. Uh, everyone is just seduced <laughs> by Poison Ivy. Yeah, dude, this is a confusing scene. <laughs> it's just so fucking, <laughs> ugh, it's creepy, man. It's just, doesn't, doesn't hold up. It just up. makes everyone horny for her, and then she starts specifically targeting Batman and Robin, whispering sweet nothings in each of their ears, all more sexual in innuendos like, why not send Junior home early? I've got some wild oats to sow. And then she goes to Robin, come join me. My garden needs tending. Oh, fuck. Okay. Dad, what's that mean? Uh, yikes. It means he wants to have sex with her. Now shut up and watch the movie. <laughs> this is when we get these two buffoons trying to outbid each other for Poison Ivy for this charity. They each get to, they eventually get up to $7 million. Despite Robin being a 27-year-old orphan penniless, I'll just borrow it from you. No, you won't. I'm not going to give you money so that you can pay this woman money to have sex, presumably. What are you thinking, Robin? Come on. Dude, yeah, like what? Come on, bro. Chris O'Donnell's a good looking <laughs> Dude, like... That's not cool. Just fucking... Come on. Yeah, he can swing it on his own. This is where we get the infamous Batman credit card. Never leave the cave without it. Ugh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Single gunshot in the back of this theater. That was the first guy to go. Uh, which I'm sure caused a moment of pause, probably, honestly, for George Clooney the next time he caught his <laughs> reflection in the mirror passing by. Like, what have I done? What am I doing? I've really fucked up everything. <laughs> What's this, a script for Oceans 11, 12, and 13? Never mind. Cha-ching. <laughs> I like money. Anyway, Mr. Freeze crashes the party. All right, everyone, chill. Yeah, okay. We get another crazy-ass fight. Freeze gets the diamond he was after and pieces out. It's at this point we do get to see a bit more of Gotham City, which is pure landscape insanity just giant skyscraper sized grief sculpture sculptures of shirtless dudes incorporated into the surrounding bridges and buildings oh man and there's this whole chase that ensues batman thinks it's too dangerous for robin so he <laughs> disengages control of his bike <laughs> holy shit almost it, in the process almost killing him i think that's really what his plan was like i gotta fucking get rid of this guy now <laughs> uh but thankfully robin saves himself and delivers one of the best screams in movie history where he's just like no <laughs> oh, <laughs> screaming at the heavens dude i haven't seen a, one, a scream this good since pet cemetery <laughs> dude i mean it is <laughs> It's brutal, and he's making the fucking weirdest face. But nevertheless, Batman is able to apprehend Mr. Freeze. When he gets back, they begin to have more relationship problems because Ivy's seductive ability with Robin. You just can't stand that maybe she wanted me more than you. No, you fucking asshole. 
I just didn't want you to die. Meanwhile, Dick discovers that Barbara has been taking his bike out without permission, but we'll find out more about that later, because right now we're in some sort of distant castle where Freeze is being transported and locked up in like a cool beam. Per now it's spreading, this pun disease, because now even like the fucking guards there, now they're only speaking in puns. It's like, welcome home, frost face. Yeah. This is the one I wrote down because I think it's my favorite line in the whole movie because it's it's a stretch for the pun because he keeps going. Allow me to break the ice. My name is Freeze. Learn it well, for it's the chilling sound of your doom. <laughs> Whoa. You had to take a walk around the park to get to the end of that one, man. That's crazy. Uh, but he can't escape because he needs that sweet, sweet cold to live. So, you know, every single time he tries to break out, he's like paralyzed and he's just like crawl back to his little blue light. It's so dumb. Uh, yikes. Then we find out more. Bane is helping Poison Ivy clear out some sort of abandoned building for a headquarters where she starts growing a ton of CGI plants. Julie, meanwhile, proposes to Bruce because he doesn't get around to it. And she's kind of like, hey, I'm still a character in this movie. Maybe think about it. I'll give you something to think about. And as she's kissing him, he can't stop thinking about Poison Ivy, dude. Oh, fuck. Dude, you can't be doing this, yikes. man. You can't be doing this. No, no, no. But he's an el and she even understands, I get it, you're a bachelor, you've had wild nights, and then he's like, <laughs> you have no fucking idea, girl. He's a literal billionaire. Did I catch something? Should I get tested? <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> have a good night. Needs to cool down with a cold compress. <laughs> oh, yeah, or a cold shower, dude, for sure. Icy shower. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Robin is trying to find out Poison Ivy's true identity, doing a little Google searches and whatnot, but once again, he catches Barbara leaving with one of his bikes, and we're now introduced to the underground dangerous part of Gotham, seemingly run by Coolio. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> Truly is a gangster's paradise out here, man. It's just fucking neon-painted faces galore. and I will say this, best-looking uh, scene in the movie, I think. I'm torn. I'm completely conflicted because yes the best looking and honestly the only exciting sequence in the whole film but if you need to trim some runtime right here my friend this, this is it yeah this five minute six minute segment here of just like a race on bikes and again fun shots but like it amounts to really nothing except for the fact that we find out that Barbara's been sneaking, sneaking out, out and... saving up money in these underground spike races to help pay for the surgeries that come from McGregor syndrome. Which is fucking ridiculous because, again, the man raised a billionaire. Like, he doesn't need the fucking money. Bruce Wayne is going to pay for these surgeries. The fuck are you thinking? I just don't yeah. get it, man. I don't fucking get it. She's planning to pay him back for all he's done for her. And she's going to take him away from this horrible life of servitude. God damn. Because, again, he, she just thinks that he's been, like, you know, beaten around by this billionaire family. It's like, hey, Bruce, how about you let this 80-year-old man spend his remaining years not having to clean up your fucking shit? Let the yeah. man die in the comforts of sweatpants, at least. You got him running around in a tuxedo all hours of the day. Yeah. Like, honestly, man, he's pushing. He's got to be pushing 90 in this movie. There's a point where, like, a doctor is going to look at you and be like, you know what? You could spend all this money. He's going to die in the next two years. <laughs> like It's just not, it's not looking great. Yeah, I know, man. It's rough because, again, there's scenes with him on his deathbed, essentially, just talking to Bruce and Bruce being like, hey, I got money. I could pay for this if you want. <laughs> but no, I guess it's out of pride that he's just like, no, I got to die, man. This is my life. <laughs> I want to open this package. <laughs> almost, man. We're almost there. All right, so Poison Ivy, she breaks out Mr. Freeze with the help of Bane. But Freeze 
still needs his diamonds, obviously, for his suit. I'll help you grab your rocks. Oh, God. What does that mean, Dad? It means she's going to help him fondle his balls, son. Stay quiet. Let me finish this movie indeed. <laughs> so he freezes the pipes of this institution, which shatter the side of the building, I guess. And uh, they escape. Bruce and Alfred, this is what I was talking about earlier, they share this heart-to-heart where he, you know, offers to get him the best help available. A gentleman does not discuss his ailments. It's not civilized. What the fuck are you talking fuck about, you Alfred? Talking about? <laughs> I see you every day. You are literally <laughs> dying. You are dying in front of my face. Just say the word, man. Yeah, please. <laughs> we find out Nora Freeze, uh, Victor Freeze's wife. By the way, the actress who played Nora Freeze was dating George Clooney at the time of this production. So... <laughs> Nice, nice. But this is actually where we find out that she does have the McGregor syndrome and that Freeze is very close to a cure. That's when Batman and Robin had kind of found his secret lab. But I need diamonds. <laughs> yeah, he does, dude. He needs his diamonds. So he gets his diamonds. So his suit, of course, is chilled to perfection. Batman and Robin once again argue over Poison Ivy's kiss. I thought we had dealt with this already. I thought they had moved on. But no, we're still going to argue about this shit. He, he throws Robin into this vat of green sludge. <laughs> And Robin's like, I quit. I'm going solo. I think we can honestly, if we still have the tournament of terrible protagonists, which we also had nominated him for previously, he's still at the top at this. Yeah, he gets a yeah, he gets a second first round seat again. I don't know if you're in your third decade of living, if you can still qualify for young lead protagonist. But also, I think we I, I think we allow it. Also, the very idea of Robin deciding to go solo for Batman, like if you're. Robin, you know the reality of the situation is that Bruce Wayne is badass because he's fucking loaded. You have nothing. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do by yourself? Exactly, dude. You have no resources at your hand. You bit like, no one's gonna call for you. What the fuck are you thinking? And what are you getting out of it? I don't know. I know this movie, (laughs) dude. It'd be like the fucking drummer trying to leave Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) What What are you without Chad Kroger, dude? What is Ch- what is Nickelback with Chad Kroger? Oh my God! Look at this photograph, dude. Oh, Every you've been put on <laughs> you've been put on blast, Nickelback. What the hell is on Joey's head? Happy 100 episodes. We we're meant to believe that Nora is killed off screen, and Poison Ivy blames it on Batman and Robin further further pitting Freeze against uh, the Cape Crusader. So now he plans to blanket the Earth in winter. Like we mentioned earlier, seems like the exact opposite plan. But I guess she thinks that once the world is frozen over, she can then grow her plants and they'll be the only two humans left, Adam and Evil. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the the pun isn't funny. You laughing like that was funny. Ah, gosh. And and another argument ensues between Dick and Bruce. He wants a Robin signal now in the sky. I can't fucking, I can't this take guy. it. Like, honestly, they're fucking back and forth. But Poison Ivy is kind of trying to pit Robin against Batman, so that's what she does. She puts a Robin symbol in the sky. All this going on while Barbara is trying to do some late 90s hacking, but is always access denied as she tries to guess the password. And boy, is she quite the sleuth. She starts typing in words like Alfred. No. Wayne? No. England? <laughs> no. Nothing. And then she looks over and sees the photo of his former wife peg and peg sure enough fucking gets her in man nice peg. that wouldn't work today you need at least five characters and a fucking exclamation point and all this nuts yeah a special symbol but fucking <laughs> i love that she's like hmm england <laughs> <laughs> that's 
such a good guess. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then when she's finally logged into the computer, it's just bright lights projected onto her face. She learns all the bat secrets. Like, oh no, man. Yeah, she's like fucking AI just ingesting all the information <laughs> by photo memory. It's like Chappie. <laughs> I am Chappie. Yes, man. Robin heads out in response to the symbol. She wants to kill you, dick. I love how he gives that line. Like, you can clearly tell he's, he's calling him a dick, but his name's Dick, so they can get away with it. Yeah. Bruce convinces him to let him come along, because obviously it's a fucking trick, you idiot. Freeze gets his machine working and starts to freeze from there, slowly affecting more and more land around the core here. If revenge is best served cold, then put on your Sunday's finest, because it's time to feast. Tonight, hell freezes over. Ugh. Oh my god, dude, I want to take a shower. A cold shower. <laughs> oh no, dude, no, dude. So Barbara finds the Batcave, and Alfred has some sort of pre-programmed message in anticipation of this very event, and uh, she gets her very own suit-up montage. Huh, so equal opportunist. Thanks, dude. One for all the fellas out there. Uh, Robin, meanwhile, is nearly drowned when he finds Poison Ivy's lair. He finds out about Freeze's plan, and just before kissing her, you know, it's revealed that he, or after, after he gets a kiss from her, because she plans to kill him, he's got rubber lips on, dude. Fuck. This is the worst fucking twist ever, and the worst Batman gadget ever. <laughs> James Bond has some pretty fucking useless shit that it's like, when would I ever fucking need this? And then fucking <laughs> Batman is, has rubber lips. It's exactly that. Like, when the fuck would Batman ever need rubber lips? Like, how many bad guys is he just, like, kissing? <laughs> like, he, sto- he stops, like, a guy mugging a woman on the street, just comes up, give him a big old smooch. Good thing I was wearing my rubber lips. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't ask you to kiss me, man. Why'd you do that? Just in case. Gotham safe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's so weird. Why would he ever need it? So dumb. (laughs) He should be dead. Batman should be dead. But he's immune to her charms, you know? Unlike eight-year-old Brandon, I'll say that again. Poison Ivy was my jam. You know what? Uh, Eight-year-old Zach... Wasn't a wasn't a big uh, crushing on Uma Thurman what guy. What the fuck, dude? Were you into Batgirl at least? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, look. Okay, okay. Eight-year-old Zach Uma Thurman, bring it on! Like, very good looking in this movie. <laughs> but no, wasn't. Yeah. I think then your younger self needed a fucking fist of some fisticuffs thrown. Then I think to maybe get you in order. You think? All right, we'll figure out how to go back in time and have you, eight-year-old you and eight-year-old me, fight. Uh, my money's on me, dude. What? Really, dude? Honestly, probably, because I was a, pro- I was a fucking scarecrow kid. You could probably just, like, blow me over or something, yeah. And I was playing sports. Bully, you're a nerd. I'm going to bash you. Whoa. Oh, okay, let's not get too far into that. That's Those are repressed memories bubbling to the surface. <laughs> so, Robin, uh, like I said, though, he's, he's nearly drowned because he's thrown into the fucking puddle of water right after he kisses her and he reveals, guess what? Got the fucking rubber lips on. So Batgirl and Poison Ivy duke it out until Ivy is eaten by her own Venus flytrap. Finally, we got the three of them all in the same shot. Batgirl, Batman, and Robin. And she introduces herself. He's like, Batgirl isn't very PC. What about Batwoman or Batperson? Bruce, it's me, Barbara. What? (laughs) Wasn't what I was fucking talking about. I know it's you. I know it's you. Yeah, I'm well aware. So they go around trying to thaw the city, and then they plan to use satellites to bounce the beam. 
from the other side of the world to reflect the sun to heat up Gotham. Pretty easy stuff, dude, obviously. And yeah. uh, Batgirl and Robin are attacked by Bane, but they eventually defeat him by just sort of kicking apart his venom tubes, <laughs> stopping the flow of venom to his body. Bane collapses before reverting to his original form and is left helpless on the ground. Great. They never knew me till I put on the mask. <laughs> I was born in the dark. <laughs> I miss it, man. I miss that voice. Meanwhile, Batman and Mr. Freeze, they begin to fight each other. Batman eventually defeating him. Hey, Freeze, the heat is on. Nice. Cool one, Batman. And uh, the satellite relay beams get a working, and it just sort of reflects the sun to Gotham, heats up the city, melts the ice in seconds, thankfully without baking humans. So that's cool. And uh, they all just sort of watch in ecstasy as their city's saved. They have a nasty threesome, wet and wild, and a tower there. And we end um, with Batman telling Freeze he'll be bringing him to Arkham Asylum. And he also shows him a video of Ivy telling Batman that she killed Nora and that she's actually still alive and waiting for you to find a cure. Show me how to cure McGregor's syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stage one. By the way, he needs stage one. That's what Alfred has. And he just fucking has him in his suit. He turns out he's already got two vials of blue juice oh, that just yeah. might do the trick. Here you go. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sweet, dude. I guess his wife Thanks, maybe has bro. further stages of McGregor's syndrome that this juice won't be on because he's then told that, like, We'll, we'll send her body to Arkham Asylum so you can continue to work on your research. <laughs> like, all right. Okay, dude. Dude, fucking uh, whatever, man. Winter oh, is God. coming fast. Yeah, winter's, winter's <laughs> come. Because Poison Ivy, also in Arkham, she's plucking rose petals, and then Freeze sort of just suddenly appears. He's now her new cellmate, and it goes to black. It cuts to black in a, in a compromising way. Like, what's going to happen to her? I'm fearful. It is it is a very bad cut. He just approaches saying, winter is coming fast. And then it cuts to black. Like, oh, no, dude. Yikes. Yike. Yeah, yikeroo. Doesn't take long, though, for the blue juice to work. In fact, the next morning, Alfred comes out looking like a million fucking bucks, dude. Oh, and the house is a goddamn mess, so he knows he'll immediately have to start picking this shit up again because, again, Bruce doesn't know how to pick up anything or clean up after himself. God. Alfred ends it with a, we're going to need a bigger cave because, you know, there's three of them living there now. Because there's three of them now, Brandon, and before there was two. Fuck. So the cave needs to be bigger because... There's more humans. Yeah, there's more people. Yeah, did and he, we end did on... You did you understand that joke, though? Well, no, yeah. It I was a I little... No, it was a little complicated. Let me explain it one more time. They need a bigger cave to hold more people. I don't know if you can sense me kind of scowling at you, but Zach, do you know what you get when someone stares coldly at you? Glare ice. Hey, Zach, what's Spider Snowman's secret identity? Peter Parker. It's been a pleasure bringing you 100 episodes of Nostalgia Be Damned, but, I mean, that's it. We're not doing it anymore. This is it. This is, We've come to a natural stopping point. Beep. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of the movie, though. The silhouetted shots of our heroes running at the camera set to a little smashing pumpkins over the credits. And that's it, Zach. Uh, what's, uh, what's your thoughts, dude? Or you want me to go first? Uh, no, I mean, I'll go first, man. Uh, Hit me, man. I mean, dude... I, I do want to say, like, a few nice things about this movie because there are a couple of nice things to say. Uh, namely, in the performance of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman, they are, you know, doing what they can. They don't have great lines, obviously, but they're going all out, and it is so refreshing to see because 
everybody else in this movie is fucking snoozing and just not into this and like clearly just unhappy about one aspect of their life or about this movie and it just shows the villains are a good positive i will say this and there are some sets that look kind of cool um if you know we're in a different movie that like is good it makes sense you know what i mean like yeah yeah some of the neon lighting stuff and like the the bright colors like i don't think it's terrible but it just doesn't really make sense connected with everything else that's going on in this movie those are the positives the negatives i mean you can go all over the internet and find the negatives of this movie the puns are fucking out of control and bad and like you can't base an entire character off of puns you know not a fucking lead character at least like you just can't do that it's it's terrible it gets old so quickly and I don't need it. The the rest of the dialogue in this movie is terrible. It's boring. <laughs> um, I none of the fucking plot makes any sense whatsoever. The chemistry between the two leads is fucking horrific. Even for two people who are supposed to not apparently have chemistry, how do you not have chemistry? Not having chemistry, it's bullshit. If you're nostalgic about it, there might be something that you're gonna get out of it, but it might not be what you're expecting. You're you're not gonna recapture your childhood happiness watching this movie. You're just gonna have a new appreciation for just truly how shitty this movie is. It it and it sucks. Um and I feel bad for Jill Schumacher. I know he's a good director was a good director. This is just a fucking miss, just an idea that just went off the rails and I really like you know, I don't know how they can stop the guys who made the solo movie or tried to make the solo movie from making that movie, but we can't stop Joel Schumacher from making a fucking, the biggest mistake of his career. A 19 on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Or is it lower? An 11, 11. that's right, an 11. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man, like a 10, honestly. I think it's the worst movie we've ever watched (laughs) on this show. Um, It's just boring. There's really nothing there for it. I recommend skipping it unless you want to hate watch. It's a great hate watch. Um, if you want to get drunk and just laugh your ass off at how bad this movie is, it's like room level. It's like the room. Like, it's it's that bad. Um, so, there it is. Ten. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with this, man, in, in trying to come up with a, a critical rating. Because, yeah, it's bad. But it's kind of it's kind of entertaining. I knew what was, I was in for. I got it again. This has become a go-to bad movie for me over the years because it has moments of <laughs> inspired insanity and the garish, cartoony visuals of it all combined for a great drinking or herbal enhancement type of film. If you were a fan of the Batman character in 97, this would have been a crushing disappointment. And frankly, a betrayal of trust, a complete bastardization of all you would have enjoyed about the character at that time. And I revisited this far less than Batman Forever and the Burton ones, because it, again, didn't really have my interest as a kid. However, in the years since... We've got a great trilogy of Batman films, as well as Affleck's Batman and an overabundance of superhero movies in general, that this one feels super novel. It's like this bizarre anomaly in set production and dialogue and tone. And in that regard, it's sort of a must-watch bad movie. Unfortunately, it's not so bad it's good, because far too much of it is boring nonsense. The action is shot and staged so cheaply, uh, on, despite having an enormous budget. It's almost wall-to-wall, groan-inducing, <laughs> intolerable at points. But I do find a sort of perverse enjoyment. Like, it's enjoyable torture. Uh, so there's not a good character, honestly, in this entire film. Not a single good character. But 
on an entertainment level, I have to say it's better than an 11%. I'm going to bump it to a 20. I'm going to give it a 20%. I know for a fact that I will watch this movie again in another few years because I, I just have too many genuine laughs in here that even though cringe isn't likely what they were going for, it just gets me sometimes. See, I know you. you this is the guy just for everybody who knows this is the guy who wants to watch the ridiculous six because like he he thinks it's gonna be funny <laughs> when we watch the ridiculous six but it's not funny in the way that they intend it to be funny it's funny in how like how fucking insanely miscalculated this all was yeah <laughs> but you're you're that kind of person that likes doing that and i get that yes and there is an enjoyment out of that for me personally like I've seen this movie more times than I want to see it. I I truly want to be done watching this movie. If 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 we hang <laughs> oh, <okay>. out yeah. <laughs> and you want to watch it, I will tell you no cuz I'm done. I just don't want to see it anymore. Like I get the gist of it. It's bad. It's I just I like I'm sick of it and I've seen it so many times. Yeah, I just like I don't want to watch it anymore. But here I am. <laughs> understood man and i'll agree with you there's not much nostalgia there uh, and if you do go back just know it's it's not what you remembered it and uh yeah if this was completely unbiased you're right it tends more close to where we're at this is definitely one of if not the worst movies we've covered on the show but i find it a little more enjoyable than some of the ones we've covered so i'm giving it a 20 man <sighs> okay man I, that's not the point but okay <laughs> A hundred episodes in and you're tonight. still fucking with the rating system. <laughs> I still don't quite get it, yeah. Oh, man. Well, before we get into this package, man, let's get into what's next week's movie is and if you have any recommendations. Did you watch anything over the last week? I did. I watched two movies. Uh, one of them was new. One of them was pretty old. The first movie I saw was Red Penguins. It's a documentary uh, video on demand um, about the USSR when it collapsed uh, Brandon, I don't know how much you know about international hockey, but uh, the Soviet hockey team was the greatest hockey team ever, period. Uh, even though we beat them in the Olympics, like they were the best hockey team ever, ever, ever. And when the USSR folded, uh, the hockey team was about to vanish into non-existence, which is just crazy. It's like fucking, it'd be like if your beloved Patriots just ceased to exist next year. Like completely just <laughs> well, dissolve. No, no Tom Brady. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, you know what I mean though? There's like, there's no yeah, more new England yeah. Patriots ever. Um, wow. Yeah. And, but it was kind of cool because, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and NHL team stepped in and bought the team. And it was one of the first capitalism purchases in a new free capitalist Russia. So it's not necessarily a hockey movie, um, it is kind of an interesting look at how capitalism kind of forced its way into Russia, even though I don't think Russia was really ready for it. Um, Michael Eisner, who had just bought the Mighty Ducks, gets involved, gets Disney involved. So it's like Disney coming into Russia. Then the Russian mob gets involved and civil unrest. It's crazy. Um, it's, it's it's okay. I, I think you just have to set your expectations of what it is. If you're looking for a hockey documentary, you're not going to get it. If you're looking for a political documentary, it's pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So that's, that's the one that I recommend. Uh, the other one that I am going to not recommend, dude, 2012s, and I don't know if you've seen this, Brandon, uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Dude, I watched that for the first time yesterday. I support indie movies. I love indie movies, but, like, that movie is the prototype of why people hate them. <laughs> oh, like, no, dude. I'll have to revisit it because I kind of liked it the first that's, time. <laughs> the, it's, yeah, it's Aubrey Plaza. Uh, 
The Duplass, Jake right? Johnson, Mark Duplass. Uh, Mark Duplass. Yep. I mean, it starts out so promising and interesting, and then it gets confusing <laughs> and stupid emotional, and it has a weird ending. I just... It's got a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. People think it's good. I don't. Um, I mean, you can go ahead. And well, it's directed by your favorite, Colin Trevorrow, right? That's well, what, and that's exactly what, what I said when it ended. I That's exactly what I said when it ended. I was like, oh, I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> because this guy who fucking wrote and directed the Jurassic World movies, my least favorite movies to come out in the last couple of years. So I don't think he did um, Fallen Kingdom, yeah. but he did do Book of Henry, which I've heard is even worse. <laughs> oh, dude, I I have seen Book of Henry, and I don't don't want to talk about it. Talk about your shit. Next week on the show, we're doing no. Book of Henry. No, we're not. Talk about your shit. The next hundred episodes are all going to be movies from 2014 or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're oh, changing shit. the we're changing the format. Uh, I watched, like I said, Clueless for the first time. Really enjoyed it. I'll recommend that if you haven't seen it. Uh, I yeah. think it's on Netflix. Yeah. And I that also works. recommend a movie called Swallow. That's it. End of episode. <laughs> no, it's about this girl. It's like a thriller, like a psychological thriller about this woman who is kind of a housewife, doesn't do much. The husband's super rich and shit, so she just stays home all day. And one day she just has this weird urge to swallow a marble. And then she does. It passes through her body. You know, she shits it out, cleans it off, puts it on a tray, and then just starts adding to this tray of all the stuff she can swallow and pass through her body, like a tack and fucking knickknacks around her house. And it gets crazy, dude. I mean, that's not <laughs> something that I could probably sit through if I'm being <laughs> perfectly honest with you i just don't think i could <laughs> and then one i almost could not sit through the one i'm not going to recommend it's scary movie five on netflix that i sent you a couple of snaps yeah i remember from. that didn't appreciate that thanks <laughs> dude that is one of the most reprehensible films i've ever witnessed you also watched that right after you finished watching rob schneider's stand-up <laughs> that's right brother asian mama mexican kids ew dude Ew, just dude. as offensive as I thought it would be. Oh my gosh! Man. Yeah, I had to actually have my uniform tailored. Thankfully, it was just brought back, so I can once again join the Schneider soldiers. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Let's... dude! What's crazy though about that? The end of that special? Have you watched it yet? The no, Netflix I haven't special? fucking watched the special dude, yet. Dude, dude, his daughter L King comes on stage and they do a fucking like duet. And I love L King; she's got yeah, such I a good love voice. L. King it's too, fucking, but I don't need it's so that. crazy knowing that that's his daughter. And uh, wow, what a performance! But all right, dude. Next week, 1996, another George Clooney romp. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. Uh, this one, I like legitimately. I have good memories of when I watched it as a kid. Same. Um, because I just totally did not see what kind of movie it was. I knew nothing about the movie going into it. So, like, it fucking took me by surprise. So, really excited about next week. I hope it holds up because we've been doing some stinkers lately. Um, we are watching a movie that Quentin Tarantino was in but did not direct from dusk till dawn. He did write it. He did write it. Um, <laughs> he did not direct it, but I'm so fucking excited. This movie is fucking ape shit. I do, we, we need a palate cleanser after this so and let's go from bland boring <laughs> stupid plot to uh exciting weird stupid plot i'm gonna i'm excited all right well all too excited about this fucking package let's do yeah. it yeah all right let's do it hold on zach is carefully taking off the cardboard packaging he like he said he had torn some of the tape off so that'd be a little easier he's still kind of struggling because he's a little nerd but we won't get into that it looks like he has removed some of the packaging Holy shit, dude. This is fucking awesome. 
Oh, it's a little okay. So I'm gonna try and describe this. Yeah, I think there's a. He said there was a note in this yours. Is, there wasn't a note in mine. So there is there's a, a note. There is a note. Should I need? Should I read? I think note? you should read this, unless it's a picture All of his right. dick. Is it a picture of his dick? If it is, show it is a right. picture of his dick, but it's okay. got words on it too. Ooh, okay, hit me. Um, so so just to describe, I'll describe it to the listeners because I don't think I did. It is a VHS shell like a box clamshell case yep a clamshell case with the nostalgia be damned logo and on the back is all 100 episodes and a little blurb reviews (laughs) of the show um and a quote that says that's the end of nostalgia be damned everybody's last (laughs) everybody last episode see you next week uh, quoted as every episode ever and it's got a gold vhs in it i want i don't have a vhs player I wonder if it plays. What's I, it of? What is on it. I just it just says. Oh no! Mean, shit! It Yours says nostalgia be damned. Mine was actually yeah, Jumanji, says, dude. You got Jumanji? That's kind of <laughs> funny. That's hilarious. No, mine just says NBD Pod 100 episodes. Oh. This is Spencer. This is way cool, um, dude. It's so read, cool. It's so. Let cool. me read this. Uh, Even the really spine quick. of it has the nostalgia be damned. Our stupid photos on there. Little 100 trophy. Yeah, read the note. Let me let me read this. If it's not really. Uh, public approval we can cut it um zach and brandon congratulations on reaching 100 episodes i'm really proud of you both please accept these ridiculous awards i've enjoyed listening to every episode except the ones that (laughs) except the ones with that total asshole jamie i hope making it is as fun as it sounds i also hope you keep going there's so many movies to do until you finally run out and have to watch hollow man and zach finally loses his mind got most of the supplies for this pre pre-pandemic but when i need a vhs clamshell i did okay he's going into how he made it (laughs) (laughs) yes dude keep it going (laughs) got most of the supplies for this pre-pandemic but when i need a vhs clamshell i did mask up walk into a goodwill and purchase a single copy of the parent trap the teller did not even blink so mine is of the parent trap fuck yes nice let me know if the tape still works i don't know what they are not the parent trap or jumanji there we go so oh. it's not the parent trap it's a mystery Dude, these are gonna be like homemade porn or something we got- i don't know yeah i don't know where to get a vhs player but i'm gonna look into it uh maybe i'll finally go leave a review now sorry <laughs> crack a cold one for me and moan sexually spencer <laughs> p.s the notebook paper was produced in 1995 it gave it a 300 percent my hand is cramping now <laughs> This fucking guy. Oh, Spencer. No, fucking, I love Spencer. That's a useless PS, but I appreciate it. I love you so much, Spencer, man. thank you so much. This is yeah, like dude. one of the coolest things ever, man. And thank you. This is, oh my God. And it says, take off the rose-colored glasses. It's got our photos on the side of it. This is truly, truly fucking cool. Oh, this podcast has not been modified from its original version. We'll post pictures of these on Instagram so you guys can check them out. Um, For sure. But... So this cool. I love how it's yeah, faded. So cool, it's got man, the yeah. be kind rewind stickers on here. He went all out. It looks good. And we're so thankful. Yeah, this is this is great, Spencer, and this makes me super happy. Thank you so much. I'll probably say something to you in person, but if I don't yeah. <laughs> 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 But I will. Let's move on. Uh just quick plugs and then we'll get out of here. Uh, you can always listen to this and every episode of Nostalgia Be Damned by checking us out on Apple Podcasts, it- uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, I think. <laughs> yep, Podbean, our Podbean. original host. I site fucking there. forgot. It's the 100th episode. I forgot to plug Podbean. <laughs> Podbean.com. NBD.podbean.com, yeah, our originally hosted site. Um, please, please, please check it out. 
And write a review, Spencer. Because <laughs> those really do help out the show. We really appreciate when we get any sort of uh, rating, any sort of interaction on social media. So, yeah, if you want to see photos of this claim shell, I'll be sure to post them on the Facebook and our Instagram. Also on Twitter. And uh, if you'd like to just shoot us a message about a request or recommendation or just a chat, feel free to do so at nostalgiabedampedpod at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for 100 episodes. It truly means a lot to us. And uh, we can't wait for 100 more if we're not dead by then and the world's not on fire. Here's to 100 more. Hope we do it. Hope we do it.